You're listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live. Welcome back to another edition of Review and Preview, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kyle Russo, sitting alongside my co-host for tonight's show, James Montefusco and Hank and Dick, their fellows. How are we doing on this wonderful Wednesday? Doing quite well, Glad, uh this, uh this show went off without a hitch, unlike last week. Yeah, it took us about uh, 20 minutes to get a jump start last week, uh, but we're happy to be back here on time yes, at are. the 7th hour, 7 o'clock. Hank, how are you doing tonight, man? Can't complain, guys. I'm doing pretty good. Ready for another night. Talk some sports with you guys, and uh, let's get it. Happy to have you back, Hank. Have you have been a consistent guest throughout the month of March and have actually been over a couple of shows yourself, hosted them with Johnny Montabano. Uh, some good stuff, as always. But, guys, happy to be here, as always, hosting Review and Preview, talking some sports with you. Guys, before we get started, got 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 to plug a few things, a couple little pieces of information. Make sure to go give us a follow on Facebook at Review and Preview Sports, on Instagram at Review and Preview, on our Twitter account at Review and Preview 1, on anchor.fm slash Review and Preview, and make sure to go give a like and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports, where we're pushing out content almost daily from what it seems like. Had a lot of great stuff going up about the NFL free agency. Have a couple key free agents left on the board to be signed, but obviously as Mock draft season is coming about as, as the draft is coming about. Uh, we have a lot more content to be produced, and we look greatly forward to that, and we look forward to more subscribers and more likes in the future. So make sure to go check it out when you do get the chance. But, guys, starting off hot, because I, I, I love this, man. News keeps on falling into my lap when I'm the host here in March. You know, we had the Russell Wilson trade mm-hmm. the day that I was hosting, Aaron Rodgers. We had a couple other big things drop the day. Uh, that I was hosting here in March. And now we got another thing. And this was a controversial thing. We actually, I think the three of us, uh, Tom included, I think we had, we, we talked about this a little bit after that, what some called the greatest game ever, at least in the playoffs, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills back in January in that, uh, I think it was, was it the divisional round or was it the, I think it was the second round. The second Buffalo round, Bills, something like that. Unfortunately, the Buffalo Bills, One of the greatest games ever, which included four touchdowns by Gabe Davis, over 200-plus yards, playoff records. Josh Allen may be dethroning Patrick Mahomes in this game, but not so much because Patrick Mahomes in 13 seconds drove it down the field, got into the field goal range, and we all know what happened next. And that's where this new rule becomes implemented. The Kansas City Chiefs won the coin toss in that game. They got the possession. They scored a touchdown. And the Buffalo Bills never had an opportunity to retake the field. And now we see, as of yesterday, early this morning, the NFL has implemented this new rule, which will only be used in the playoffs, 
in which both teams will have at least one possession if a game does go into overtime. Again, this will only take place in overtime scenarios in the playoffs. Not in any regular season games, just the playoffs. Now, guys, if you remember my take from, you know, a while back, I was at first kind of jump of the gun. I was like, oh, man, I really would have loved to see Josh Allen get that ball back. But at the same time, as a football fan, looking at it from a broader perspective, you had a uh, – I, I want to remember what the lead was. You had a seven-point lead, I believe. Or no, you had a three-point lead with 13 seconds left, and you let them drive 60-something yards down the field, getting into field goal range, and you have to go to overtime. So you want, you want to win the game? Go win the game in regulation. And my point with this new rule in which I thought maybe coming amok, obviously we've seen the NFL is very reactionary to things that take place in the playoffs, especially. Obviously we saw a couple years back, if you guys remember the infamous play, uh, when the Rams were playing the Saints at the Mercedes Dome Arena and a mm-hmm. blatant pass interference call was not called. And then they had that new rule, obviously, implemented where you're able to review uh, recalls and overturn them. Now we see this new rule come into play where both teams will get a possession. And my take in this was this, and I haven't read that much into it. I don't know if you guys have, but with the new rule, if both teams get a possession, my biggest argument was this, is that the second team that gets that possession is going to have the advantage. And why? Because they're playing four down football versus a team that's playing three down football. And I don't know if you guys have read into it too much. The new rule, obviously some breaking news, not that old, but not that new. What are your guys' original thoughts? What were your what were your thoughts when hearing upon this new rule being implemented into the NFL playoffs? I would say, well, here was what I was thinking. And I'm going to be honest with you, Kyle. I was probably in the minority of people who weren't really complaining about the rule after the Chiefs-Bills game. And the real reason is this. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I thought the rule was just fine as it was. The coin toss and the first team scores a touchdown – to me, that makes you like really earn the win. If like you you get that touchdown, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think now you're now you're all of a sudden like you alluded to. You're giving the other team like an extra down with trying to score the game. Like I don't know. I think it kind of defeats the purpose of the advantage of getting the ball first. That's that's really my honest opinion. Because really, if anything, if you get the ball first in overtime, you should really you you should feel like you're at an advantage. No, and like. But I will say this, though. The silver lining is at least this is just a playoff thing because if this were regular season, then that in all likelihood would mean there were more ties. And you know how I feel about having a third thing in the standings. So, you know, that that's that's a tangent for another day. I didn't really think the whole rule change was necessary. And if I'm being honest with you, if Josh Allen was the one on the other side of that and the Bills were the one winning – and let me go back a couple years ago, because any of you remember when the Chiefs were on the other end of that game against the New England Patriots? Yes. What if, the, well, that, what wasn't, if, um, that wasn't a bad call. That was a Justin Houston offside. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how the Patriots got the ball and then the Chiefs didn't even get oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Does anyone not remember how people were complaining about the Chiefs getting screwed? And then all of a sudden the Chiefs are on that side and it's like, oh, the Bills got screwed. No, it's a rule. The Chiefs got the ball. They did what they were supposed to do. I don't see what the big issue is. And look, if you don't want the game to go over, go to overtime, don't even then play defense at the end of the fourth quarter. It's that simple. Why do you need to change the rule just because of fan outrage? I don't get it. That That's honestly my opinion. James, your thoughts? All right. <clears throat> my thoughts. 
Uh, Hank, I agree and disagree with you. Uh, Sir? Play defense in the last 13 seconds when you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, good luck. Um, but Pat Mahomes doesn't have that weapon anymore, so he won't be any in any of those situations ever again. Um, just throwing this thing in there. Hot takes. Hot takes, of course. Uh, but my personal opinion on this, it, I said it, Russo, if you want, you have the time, go dig it back up like you normally do and see if I actually said it. But I said I think it would only make sense, only because you, you, you look at it this way. It, it's a coin flip. At that point, then just flip the coin. Don't even play. Because sometimes, because we see this way too often, is where whoever wins the coin flip, 98% of the time, wins that overtime game. Now, it does give it does give an advantage to the team that gets the ball second because they can play four downs. But that's also the team's decision that gets the ball first if they only want to play three downs. That's on them. If they only want to play three downs, the team that gets the ball first, that's on them and wants to punt it away. That's completely on them. That's not on anybody else but that team. I think it's going to make it more competitive, and I think it's a good thing for the playoffs, only because we've seen this past se- this past season on how tightly contested these playoff games have been, where these playoff games have gone into overtime or that could go into overtime, and the views have been up. That's what the NFL is looking at. The NFL is looking at the views. Yes, it's fan outrage, but at the same time, they're looking at the way they can make the most money. And that's with any sport. That's with anything you go to. going to throw over a couple comments right now. Tom, what is James drinking tonight? James, what are you drinking, man? Uh, I'm drinking a Miller Lite. There you go. There you go. I'm about to finish this uh, Heineken. Beautiful. I have a nice bottle of water by me. so I'll grab that soon. <laughs> Another comment by Daniel Bakley. Now you want to be the second team getting the ball instead of first. That's what I. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's always an advantage, no matter what. And, and I have a way, or I have a thought, in order to maybe have gotten around this in the first place. But a couple more comments to get to. Red Sox versus Yankees. Unfortunately, after that Trevor Story signing, I may have to agree just a little bit. Uh, no Dibler. No, I. No, I love you, man. You, you comments in the comment section. The humor that you bring to the table. I love it. It's it's absolutely incredible. You should really. If you haven't already, check out Noah Dibler on the Sports Box. Does some great content over there, and also some great Facebook posts. Uh, I look forward to it as well. You know, daily posting some rants. I think he had an Atlanta Falcons and Atlanta Braves one tonight where he ranted uh, about his Atlanta franchises, which was pretty funny. But Noah, I don't really think it was a necessary change, but I'm not going to get up in arms over it either. Basically, my opinion on the on most of the MLB rule changes too. LOL. Oh, you want to talk about terrible, terrible rule changes? Yeah, that's the MLB, but we digress. Tom, I think the fans and some media people have too much influence on these decisions being made. Roger, out. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is my take, which I, I think would be the way around it. Obviously, this new rule being implemented, it's going to be around for a long time. I don't really see it being changed because most of these circumstances, again, it's I don't want to say it's a rarity, but in the playoffs more say than not, I would say that you, you more likely than not end in regulation versus an overtime. But this is what I would say is that if you were the away team, you already have the disadvantage of being at somebody else's home arena. Why don't you just give the ball to the team that's playing at home? I mean, they were the better team throughout the season. Why not do it then? And then if the argument is, oh, well, uh, the, your season shouldn't, 
impact the choice of the game. Well, it did. Your record defined your yourself traveling either halfway across the country or staying in your home arena. Why not just do the keep it throughout the same with the overtime rules and give it to the team that's playing at home? That would be one way. Another rule, which maybe could have been, is give it to the team that's had the most total yards in the game potentially. Maybe that's maybe that's an option. I don't know. I'm just trying to think around it because, like Daniel and I have both said, is that now you're the second team that wants the ball. So there's another advantage that you got to try and find a loophole around. And there's there, there's no you're not going to appease everybody. That's not the objective here. You're just trying to make it as fair as possible. Do I think this makes it fairer? Maybe, but there's still an advantage in which people are going to complain about. And the way that the the world works, the way that the NFL has worked, is that you know people keep on talking about uh, Tom. You brought up media people have too much influence on these decisions. Unfortunately, with these decisions, is that they get brought up in situations like this. Otherwise, nobody's even thinking about it. Like James talked about, the Buffalo Bills stopped 13 seconds, two plays. We're not even having this conversation right now. The referees get a, a blatantly easy pass interference call. Drew Brees might have a freaking Super Bowl. Who knows? Or another one, I mean. These are the types of things that we talk about because the NFL, like I alluded to, and all sports, they're reactionary, and then they take action. That's why this rule is being in place. Not because they thought of it themselves, but because of the fact that you're getting fan outlook. You're getting NFL perspective. You probably have gone to owners. You've probably gone to GMs. You've gone to scouts. You've gone to everybody. All NFL insiders, analysts, everything. Because you want to get the common ground, the middle ground upon which most people are agreeing to. And I would think that this is probably, again, anybody that wanted the Bills to get another opportunity, forget about even Bills fans and forget about Chiefs haters. You just wanted it because you wanted to see the greatest maybe team matchup in playoff history keep on going at it. You didn't want it to see it end. It has nothing to do with what was fair or not. You just wanted to see it continue. I know me as a selfish football fan, that's what I wanted. I could have watched that game all the way to the next morning, the, the, the excitement behind it. But I guess this was the middle ground. That's really my take upon it. A couple more comments to get here in the comment section. Where's Tom at? James, if I'm not mistaken, Tom will be back next week with us. I'm pretty, I, I think he will be back, or maybe the week after that. James, you're muted, my friend. Because my allergies, and I didn't really hear my knowing blowing my nose um i think it's either next week it's it's the first two weeks of april i can give you that all right it, it's a surprise for everybody when tom comes back uh, the 13th he said okay 13th. this was def a money change maybe 215 i don't know what that means but I okay talking, i think noah's uh shitting on his own nfl team again like usual oh that okay here we go here's a wild idea i had <laughs> Eliminate punts and returns completely. Only special teams are field goals. Allows the first team to possess the ball to go for it on fourth down. As a result, failed fourth down. Other team takes over possession at their own 25. Interceptions and fumbles still exist. See, those are kind of like college rules a little bit, where you take it over at the opponent's own 25, and then you're laying it up for your defense to really stop. But in sport like the NFL, and not to say that college football players aren't cared about, but You've seen games in college football go to like six, seven overtimes. The NFL is not looking to do something like that. And I think that's that, that's what something like that could potentially lead to because of the fact that, again, are you going to score on every possession when it's inside your 25? Probably. And the other team that gets the ball secondhand is just going to have to wind up matching it anyway. 
So they don't have to go for the touchdown if the Chiefs only got the field goal. They have to go for the touchdown if the Bills got the touchdown. That's all I'll say. I Again, there's no way to perfect this. Hank, like you talked about it as well, if it ain't mm-hmm. broke, don't fix it. I think this was something that was broken became because it came to the forefront of, you know, NFL viewers' eyes and the world's eyes. And they had to address it because, again, it was something that a lot of people wanted to see. And, James, like you alluded to as well, viewership is important. Mm-hmm. And that could also be a game changer as well. Uh, a couple more comments. Not the opponent's 25, own 25. That makes sense. That makes more sense. I mean, I know I get that, but at the same time, that's what I'm talking about. And I think you kind of talked about it in your rule. Failed fourth down. Other team takes over possession at their own 25. So you're saying getting rid of the – okay, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying completely now. But then you're kind of eliminating the rules of football, though, right? There's no pressure to then either go forth and score because you have so much more time because now you need a team to drive 75 yards down the field to score. Yeah. So I don't know if there's really a, a – a perfect way to perfect this. I don't think it is, but we'll see, right? We're going to be sitting here right once again this time uh, this time next year talking about what other rule they need to implement because of some crazy, amazing game, crazy scenario that happened in the NFL. You know what they, they should implement? Rock, paper, scissors. There you go. <laughs> yes. I'm all for that, James. I love that idea. Nah, man. People will start hating on that too. They're hating on a coin toss. You tell me they're yeah, not going to hate on rock, great. paper, scissors. I've been a fan of rock, paper, scissors my whole life. It's how I've settled things, so why not? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm totally being sarcastic. That's a exactly. terrible idea. <laughs> exactly. But, guys, any final words here on this uh, new NFL rule change before we move on? Uh, more through to that, uh, tonight's show. Let's see, uh, let's see how it turns out. Um, should be interesting. Uh, I do think if it was any team that – any team that we thought was on the decline in the playoffs, uh, I don't think this rule, rule change would come up. I only say that because the Bills are – I don't think – I see them coming back to where they were last season. But also they got a brand-new stadium being built. That is cool. They do got a brand-new stadium so, being built. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but apparently there's no uh, dome being built. So it's an open arena once again, even though it's new. There's no roof. Buffalo land where there's a lot of snow. Yeah, smart idea. You don't need a dome. Yeah. It looks like they won't have the Super Bowl there. Who oh, no. oh yeah, that would be what what a Super Bowl that would be. Can you imagine the snow game if that was That's a Super Bowl? I would totally because, want to see that. Because the NFL, the only the last time I, I hate to get off track, but the last time a Super Bowl was held in this part of the country, up New York area bought was MetLife. And that was that was and, that was one of the worst Super Bowls of all and time. They did. They were like, "Well, if it snows, we're going down to like Florida or some indoor stadium." So, I'm just throwing it out there. But sorry, Kyle, to digress. No, you're good, James. Listen, you're good, man. You could always interrupt me. Feel free. A couple more comments to get to, then we'll move on to the next segment for tonight. The Yankees are finishing fourth <laughs> in the East. Thank you for the positive commentary. As baseball season, we are about to embark on next week. No, thank you. Well, Noah, you can't predict baseball. Well, well, no, you, you know who I was sort of trying to paraphrase, but I digress. I'll talk about the Yankees later. Pat Pete, ba- Pat Pete, back to the Vikings. Mm. That's a that's an interesting signing. Tom knows 
the uh, the deterrent in me picking the Vikings in any sort of uh, stature this year has been that secondary, specifically the corner position, bringing back Patrick Peterson. Obviously not the same Patrick Peterson of the uh, LSU Tigers back in the day and the Arizona Cardinals, but still Patrick Peterson, uh, still a pretty good corner in today's day and age at the age of 31, 32, I believe. So good signing. Hey, guys, the Falcons are winning less games than the Jags next season. You know what, man? Congratulations. That means you're going to be getting Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. You should be happy about that. Root for the draft. That's what I've been doing as a Giants fan these last couple of years. Uh, Ray's finishing fourth. Alec Walt, hot take. Oh, hot take. You need to do a video on that one, Alec. I, I need some. I, I need an explanation on that because when the Yankees kryptonite is the Tampa Bay Rays, I don't understand how the Rays or the Yankees would be finishing in front of them. But I'd love to hear your take. I really would. And that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, again, you look at how the Rays have been with Kevin Cash and managing. They've they've been like surprising a lot of people. Then again, for all we know, maybe with that reverse psychology, they do finish fourth. Who knows? Who knows? But I think the only team that we that we know has no shot at the division. Sorry, Brady Reuter, if you're watching this, the Baltimore Orioles. Everyone can win that division but the Orioles. Poor Orioles. Uh Falcons blow. I'll double down on that. Blue Jays finish first. I agree. Noah says Toronto wins the division. I agree with that as well. Toronto might even be the most dangerous team in the AL. Uh, don't say that, Hank. You're going to ruin my baseball season before we even started. Uh-huh. I said might be, dude. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. Man, the that's why we have him the cycle because Hank is going to be breaking it down for us all next week, all this baseball news. I know you can't wait to embark back on the show, Hank. It's been a minute. It's been a I minute. Know. I know. It's been too long since I had Noah on celebrating his world champion Atlanta Braves, and I can't wait to have him back on a future episode, that's for sure. He may miss Freddie Freeman right now, but come midway through the season, I think he's going to be celebrating Matt Olson. We'll see what happens. But guys, moving on. Next segment for tonight. We're going to talk some New York football. We haven't done that in a while, obviously, as the season has been concluded now, at least for the New York teams, uh, since really the month of December and January, and if you're really dating back to it, since the month of October. So... (laughs) We are going to talk about the Giants first in this season. And, and they've made a couple – there's been a couple moves that I think as Giants fans that we're kind of waiting to see unfold. Uh, James Bradbury's name has been in conversation as a trade piece these last couple – forget about even weeks, months now. Uh, the Giants have yet to kind of make that move. The Chiefs, I, I know, are one of the teams that are very interested in him. Nate Taylor of The Athletic and uh, Dan Dugan have reported both that the Chiefs and Giants have mutual interest in getting a trade done. Now, who knows when that's going to take place? Obviously, as the draft is approaching, I hope very soon for the Giants because they're going to need around $12 million in cap space to sign every one of these draft picks in which they have this year. And they, uh, if they do trade a James Bradbury away, that would free up around $11, $12 million. So that would be a perfect scenario. But guys, before we get to that, some other news in, the, in which – Tom told me about last night in, in, our, oh. in our little meeting, our discussion talked about Saquon Barkley. Joe Shane has been very open about it. And I think that uh, a lot of fans had mixed emotions and obviously sitting here today, all those Giants fans, I wanted to, I wanted to hear your takes upon the Saquon Barkley news, Joe Shane advocating for him saying that we're not shopping Barkley, uh, which would furthermore allude to the fact that he's going to be on this team come the 2022 season uh, come September and that I believe at least at this time, unless the Giants make a move at the running back position in the draft, that he will be the number one feature, uh, featured back in this offense of Brian Dables. So I just wanted to kind of get your guys' take on Saquon's 
not return, but what a lot believe might have been his last season last year. He now gets maybe one more shot in Big Blue. He gets half a season with Big Blue. Really? You think he's a trade piece at the deadline? Yes. I say he. they don't move him now, but they will move him come trade deadline where they're sitting. I could see he should be their number one back, but with his injuries and stuff, he will be the featured back. But I think depending on where they're sitting, come week, come trade deadline, he will be a piece to move to either gain cap space, to gain draft space, or just to trade him so he's not on this team any longer. I hate to say it, but I would say he he's safe for now, like you said. But he, the, 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 from what you've mentioned to me just now, it doesn't sound like they, they didn't say, oh, we're not going to trade him or anything. Yes, it's a long way out. But it, your statement, and I really can't speak tonight. Your, Sorry, sta- your statement is telling me that there still is an opportunity for Barkley to leave this team. Now, he could even be traded, come to trade, uh, come uh, uh, draft night. Yeah, I was going to say, I would not rule out the possibility of draft night. I think he... I think he's just saying that because it seems like they're they want to try to like work with what they have with Saquon, Saquon Barkley. But with that being said, I don't know about you, but I feel like Joe. I feel like Joe Shane is at least get, has to be gauging offers for Saquon Barkley at this point. No, because at the end of the day, like we know the situation in the off season, I highly doubt they're going to end up bringing him back. And quite frankly, if I were in Joe Jane. Joe Shane's shoes. If I were like, if I were him, I would absolutely think twice before breaking bank on Saquon Barkley. Like I've talked a while before about how I think the giants would have been better off at least listing. And I'll probably talk about it again, but the way I see it, I think he's, I think they're just saying that to like, try to calm down all the, like the rumors and the trade talks going on. But I don't think, I don't think that means he's not getting traded at all. I agree with the both of you, and the reason why I agree is because of a, a trade that I think we're actually coming up on the two- or three-year anniversary of it when Dave Gettleman said that he was going to trade Odell Beckham Jr. and then did it in the month of March and crushed my heart, and I cried. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if Saquon Barkley is, is, is a similar case scenario. The reason why I think that he will remain a member of this team for 2022 is that, again, while they could gauge more offers – towards the draft. Again, this is a running back. This isn't a quarterback in which you may have the leverage because other quarterbacks have been taken. This is a draft in which players and teams can get running backs uh, all throughout the draft and, and can get it for a second or third round pick. Are you going to pay for a guy that you're going to have to uh, sign immediately afterwards? Because if you're trading for Saquon Barkley, I, I wouldn't assume that you're trading for him as a one-year rental. That would just be my take. But, James, I can also see your take in the sense that you know, maybe trade deadline, try to boost up the value as he really has not played in these last couple of years. He's always been yeah. injury plagued, and that's really been a deterrent upon him, uh, let alone from the fact that he's just been put in terrible offensive schemes to not necessarily booster his ability to be that explosive weapon that we saw at Penn State just four or five years ago. Um, and really with the exception of that first season in the NFL where he was looking like the next coming of Barry Sanders and uh, Emmett Smith and – Eric Dickerson and all those great running back legends. But um, a couple more comments in the comment section I'm going to get to. Uh, Matt's thing. Okay. 
Okay, Noah. We know. Okay. We know. Uh, all we right. Know. You know what? All I can remove all of you. Here we go. Tom, uh, do I gotta bring you back and uh, Tom hop on Streamyard real quick so I can remove these two clowns above me and we can, you know, bring, Tom wants Tom wants James Cook out of Georgia. I like James Cook. James Cook is a nice option. He proved to be a very versatile back, uh, running the football effectively for Georgia. Had some really good catches in the uh, Michigan game and Alabama game. Use him as a deep threat, so it's a good option. Never pay a running back, guys. If we learned from our familiar foe in the Dallas Cowboys, never give a running back money. <laughs> I just, for me personally, I've always had an attachment to Saquon Barkley. I think that he's he's been such an explosive and great player that's really his value has diminished so much, not only because of injury, but just, again, because of poor usage. And I think that if you put him on a lot of other teams, he would have had a lot more success. It's all about right system. And the other thing I will say about Saquon Barkley is this, um, is that why I agree with the fact that even though I think that he will remain with the team for the entirety of the 2022 season, I don't think that he'll be back. If I've learned anything from uh, places that Brian Dable and Joe Shane and where they've been throughout their careers, whether it was Brian Dable with Alabama, whether it was Joe Shane in his years with uh, Buffalo, whether it was Brian Dable, uh, again, maybe at a lesser level with the New England Patriots, what did all those teams kind of have in common, guys? Running back by committee. They never spent high draft picks. They never invested high capital in a running back. It was always running back by committee. In fact, if you look at the Buffalo Bills right here in today's day and age, you'd probably say that running back is the weakest commodity, and that's why. Because Devin Singletary is nice. Zach Moss is nice. But they're not Christian McCaffrey. They're not Dalvin Cook. They're not Saquon Barkley. They're not Alvin Kamara. But you don't need that in today's day and age. You don't need a star running back to win a Super Bowl. That's been proven many a times before. So, unfortunately, I don't think that he will be back with the Giants after this year, but I think that he will remain with the team for this season. Hey, your top running back could be a bus wide receiver who had a career year. That's mean, Noah. That hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. The Patriot way, please don't do a Zeke. That's the gift that keeps on giving. That it does. James Cook makes Dalvin look like Derek Ward. Uh, they had Tom Brady in common. I mean, listen, that that's true. That's true. But, but Noah, even to my point about the Buffalo days where Josh Allen was still developing as a quarterback. They didn't have a running back in play. It was kind of that running back by committee. In fact, even to the latter parts of this season, if you're a fan watching or if you're even a Buffalo fan watching these games, you're trying to determine who's their number one running back, Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. And towards the latter part of the season, it became Devin Singletary. But Devin Singletary is also in his third season. And it took three years to designate him as the number one running back through his third year. Uh, Let me troll it. (laughs) (laughs) Keep an eye out for Pierre Strong and Kyron Williams. I know Kyron Williams. I know that name because he's a Notre Dame guy. Tom won all those Notre Dame players, even though some hot takes about Kyle Hamilton, even though that may be an option, especially now with these safety losses the Giants have taken these last couple of weeks, cutting Logan Ryan. But we'll see what happens. Um, guys, any final takes on Saquon Barkley before we transition into the James Bradbury commentary of the segment? Hopefully you can make it, get a deal done for Saquon. If the price is right, I like the guy, but please, 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 Joe Shane, do not break the bank on this guy. Just don't do it for the greater good of New York football, please. My two hot takes: either he'll break the break the bank because that's what running back what that's what we see with what happens at running backs, or he's gone draft night. He's not a giant after round one on draft night. 
I don't think he'll demand that kind of draft pick, though, James. But we'll, again, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll no, no. Happens. He, I don't think he does, but I think for later round draft picks, I think they include him with the package deal. Maybe, maybe. A couple more comments. It would mean the Vikings could have won many years ago. Saints didn't win that game. I'm gonna guess she's referring to the bounty game where they where Brett Favre threw that terrible pick at the end of the game that sent it into overtime. Maybe again, too too long ago for me to remember, but due due to my historians here, we got we got the reference picked up right away. So, guys, moving on to to the Bradbury part of this. Tom already leaves his thoughts. Bradbury gone. Yeah, Bradbury will be gone. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. My only concern is this: I just don't know why it's taken so long to get something done. You know, that, that's been my biggest concern. Two, two teams that have been tied to him, obviously the Chiefs being the number one team, the Raiders have been in the mix quietly because they need some cornerback help. They traded Yannick Ngakwe to the Colts. They brought in a, a Rockius in, in that trade, who's a nice young and up-and-coming corner. But the Chiefs, more likely than not, I think will be the team to acquire him due to the lack of corner depth that they really have, especially after losing a Traverius Ward in free agency to the 49ers and Tyron Matthew, who's uh, – one of the premier safeties in the league. Again, still very young and very talented player. Probably, well, who is yet to be signed, by the way, probably will not be returning to the Chiefs as well. So they need tremendous help in the secondary. And I think James Bradbury would, would I don't want to say be a perfect fit, but would definitely be a necessity at this point in time, especially because now you look at those first-round picks with the Chiefs. I think a lot of mock drafts slated picking them, uh, had them picking a corner. But now I think couple of those picks are going to be used on wide receivers to really booster up that depth chart, especially after a loss of Tyree Kill. But getting five picks will do that for you. But I think the Chiefs are probably going to wind up getting this trade done. We'll see what happens. Again, we have a long, I don't want to say a long time, but a few weeks weeks. before we hit the draft. But again, my biggest thing is just like, why has it taken so long? I guess would be my, my argument, my answer, or my question to this is a guy that everybody thought was going to be cut come cut time, and he's still on the team come now. Again, we're at March 30th. He's probably going to be on the team, I'd say, into April, unless something happens in the next day or two. Yeah. I, I, if he was going to leave, he, he should have left already. Uh, the, the parties aren't agreeing on something if it's taking this long, whether it be the Chiefs. Um, I, I do see him in a Chiefs uniform. I don't think they're agreeing on something or they're waiting into draft night. Again, I, I keep hating to say it, but a lot of – they might be waiting to draft night. See if they could rearrange a few things, the Chiefs. I mean, they got a whole bunch of draft picks now. And then maybe wait to draft night. But I, I see – all right, I'll look at a calendar right now. Usually my hot takes are pretty darn accurate. March 30th. Like March 30th. I know. He is gone April 13th. It's a Wednesday, two weeks from today, to the Chiefs. Is it going to take that much longer? I think so. Because All right. How, all right how, how long have we already been – how long has Bradbury already been? He's leaving, he's leaving, he's leaving. because they didn't have a trade suitor, but now you got a trade suitor for him. At this point, it's just a team – you know, just thinks at really this point, I think it's just a matter of the Giants really pulling the trigger on it. Chiefs have said they want them. So I think it's up to the Giants, the balls in their court, to just accept the pick that they get from them. If, you know, whether it's a fifth or sixth round or whatever it is. I think they could probably get more from them, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know. But that's my opinion. 
I say he he's around for another two weeks. Hank, any final thoughts here on Bradbury before we move on? Yeah, no. Liked him, but unfortunately, thanks, Gettleman, for putting in, the, in that cap casualty to where they have to trade him. No more, no more Bradbury Bunker, Hank. No more Bradbury Bunker. I know. It's it's terrible. But you know what? Unfortunately, that's the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Another jersey that I bought. Yeah, stop buying. You got to stop. Yeah, but that's why I don't buy jerseys very often, Russo. That's why Funny, I the Giants. One of your backgrounds. <laughs> that was a gift, Hank. All right. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. Once James <laughs> bought the jersey, he was cursed. Yep. Yeah. Hey right. guys, Freddie Freeman is an average first baseman. Ask Hank. I said months ago he was leaving. <laughs> I didn't cry at all when he got traded. When we traded. Oh, uh, let's see. I can look back at the archives of the most recent hitting for the cycle episode where you were absolutely begging Alex Anthopoulos to keep him. <laughs> Forget about recent episodes of Hitting for the Cycle. Just look at Noah's Facebook page. You'll find all the comments daily about Freddie Freeman and his dog. <laughs> but um, moving on, fellas. The Another New York football team that we got to talk about, of course. We're talking some New York football. The New York Jets. And Oof. they, obviously, as we know, they got kind of, I don't want to say undermined, but they had an opportunity just a week ago to get a Tyree kill, and, and he wound up picking the Miami Dolphins, unfortunately. Uh, for New York fans and New York Jets fans' sake. But with that being said, what this has shown to the media market and what this has shown to the fan base is that they are looking to acquire a number one receiver still. And not just a number one receiver, a star-studded receiver. Now, what does that mean? A couple names that they've been attached to, along the likes of a DK Metcalf, along the likes of an A.J. Brown, along the likes of a Debo Samuel. And I think some of those are kind of realistic. More so than not, I think DK Metcalf is the realistic one. And I think we could all agree upon that because of where the Titans sit is still a playoff team, even though with the AFC improvements, I don't even know where the Titans rank right now. I don't even know if they win their own division after Matt Ryan being acquired by the Colts. And Debo Samuel, I don't think he's going anywhere. 49ers are going to make it work money-wise. He's one of the most explosive and versatile weapons in the entire game. They're not letting him go. With DK Metcalf, different story. DK Metcalf is coming up on a contract-type year. The Seattle Seahawks are in complete rebuild mode. Mm-hmm. They are one of the worst teams in football right now, roster-wise, I'd say. Their defense is completely decimated. Their offensive line stinks. Their running backs are never healthy. They are, don't have a quarterback right now. Russell Wilson was their savior these last five years in terms of keeping them relevant, keeping them competitive. Mm-hmm. All they have left is two receivers, one named Tyler Lockett and the other being D.K. Metcalf. And I could see a trade going down for a DK Metcalf because, again, while this receiver class is stacked with a Drake London and a Traylon Burks and a Jamison Williams, other great receivers, DK Metcalf, again, what we talked about with Tyreek Hill as well, and I think um, one of the trade, Hank James, I believe you were on the show when I said this, is that more often than not, my personal take is this, is that in trades, two things. The team that gets the best player is the winner, and two – if you have the opportunity to get proven talent, give up all the draft picks. Do what you got to do. If you have an opportunity to get proven talent, do it. And I think that DK Metcalf would instantly solidify himself, not only as a number one with the Jets, but look at that receiving core. With DK Metcalf, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, Braxton Barrios, Corey Davis. Corey Davis being the number three, I would assume. Nice tight end core. Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzama. Improve that offensive line. The running backs are, are, are good between Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. 
And Zach Wilson, I think, can be a very explosive weapon. You've seen he's very shifty, able to move in and out of the pocket, mm-hmm. and he throws a hell of a deep ball, kind of similar to a little bit of Russell Wilson. Not putting him on that standard, but as a hell of a deep ball. And what do we know? Russell Wilson has connected numerous times, many times over, with DK Metcalf. I think Zach Wilson would be extremely fortunate to have him. But I want to get your guys' thoughts. Do you think this is a realistic take, or do you think that this will won't happen and this is kind of a, a pipe dream a dk metcalf trade to the new york jets it's more of it can happen but it won't they'll go looking they'll go to the draft to get their guy um i don't think they want to give up that much draft capital they got to worry about defense zach wilson still needs to stay upright on his feet in certain games i i like that wide receiver core don't get me wrong if you add dk but I don't think it'll work out. I think the Jets, if the Jets were a gear from where they are at this point with Wilson, where he's more developed, he, had, he has two years under his belt, I'd say at that point, then DK comes. I don't think DK wants to kind of hit the restart button with the He wants, I would, I would imagine he wants to go to a team that could ultimately win within the next year or so not win within the next two or three years well he does well first before i throw to you hank he doesn't have a no trade clause you know he gets traded he gets traded to whatever team yeah, yeah. no it's no not I know like that. it's not like tyree kill so but any I, trade I, in which yeah go ahead i, I don't think the the jets want to give that much up for him because that ultimately resets the jets again i mean how many times can the jets hit the reset button on their draft capital for a wide receiver no less you know proven now Teams will do a lot to get proven talent. With the I Dolphins understand, but, but he has to be a leader. He has to be a leader, and I think the Jets need a leader. We'll yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think if if I'm if you're the Jets, you're probably better off looking for your top target in the draft. You can get one probably cheaper than you would get a DK Metcalf, anyways. And I'm not saying DK Metcalf is a bad idea. I'm just saying. Think of the cost, you know, how many draft picks are you going to give up? How much money are you going to have to pay that guy? I mean, look, I'm not entirely in love with paying too much money for a wide receiver to begin with. So as much as I think it could work and may very well be a move that could get the Jets into playoff tension, I think they're better off just like developing a wide receiver of their own. I think it's probably a little bit more of a pipe dream, if anything. That's just my opinion. Listen, Hank, I would agree with you as well. Uh, I, I think that it's more so a pipe dream, but I wouldn't I wouldn't check it off the board just yet. No, no, because, no, no, no. And, no. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I understand where you're where, where you're coming from hundred percent. My thing is this is that when people talk about draft picks, draft picks are of course they're extremely valuable. But you have to have draft picks are only valuable when you have competency in terms of who's selecting with those draft picks. Otherwise they mean nothing. And sure. Joe Douglas has done a great job these last couple years. And I think that he's more than capable of selecting some great players with the picks in which they do have. But all this capital in which they've built up, James, in which you've talked about, draft pick-wise, mm-hmm. all this capital in which they've built up in free agency in terms of cap space, because even though they just went through a whole free agency period, they didn't sign anybody to any massive mounds of money. No. So if you're going to do something now, and we know many a times over, in fact, this was the argument for the Giants just this time last year when they signed Kenny Galladay. If you're going to find out what Daniel Jones is, give him the number one target. Well, if you're going to find out what Zach Wilson is, 
Don't wait till that third and fourth year to get into the number one and hope that you hit on in the draft. It's available now. Do we got to do? Do we got to do? And I think that's the argument to be said that I think that if I was the Jets, again, am I trading five draft picks up? No, but I think the Miami Dolphins were more so in a desperation situation where they were trying to outbid the Jets. Jets, yeah. Whereas, you know, you look at the Raiders, right? They gave up a late first rounder and a second rounder for Devontae Adams, who's the best in the league. So what do you think a DK Metcalf's going to cost? Maybe a second, maybe a third or fourth? Yeah, maybe. You tell me you wouldn't do that for DK Metcalf? I would. Yeah, but the, isn't I, – I hate to throw the name in the ring. Isn't Odell a free agent? He's isn't a free agent, that? but he's coming off a torn ACL. Jeff should go after him. He's a proven number one and a half. One and a half. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he can be the number one, and other times he can be the number two. But you get him for cheap. No, I, I. You're looking to build towards the long term. Do you go with the guy who's torn his ACL twice and is wow. almost thirty years old? Do you go with the 24, 25 year old who is a absolute stud in the in just touching the prime of his career? I think you go with him. We're getting to a couple comments. All right. Getting to a couple comments. Jets, uh, Jets missing out on Hill was good for them, in my opinion. Not a fan mm-hmm. of trading five picks for a dep- uh, dependent position. Not a I'm fan either. But I'm like I said, disagree. desperate times call for desperate measures. When the entire AFC <laughs> is improving, you got to kind of join the race. Otherwise, you're going to get boat raced. Oh, would he rather play with Zach Wilson? <laughs> would he rather play with Zach Wilson or Drew Locke? These are top, two top tier quarterbacks. <laughs> Tough choice. <laughs> This is a tough choice. Well, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't He doesn't have that no-trade clause like a Tyree Kill does. So, unfortunately, for his sake, it's not going to be a choice where he goes. It's going to be the Seattle Seahawks' choice upon what trade yeah. they want to embark upon or if they want to trade him at all, which very well could be the case. Who knows? It's true. Uh, got two more bacon in the oven. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Shout-out Justin Broker for, for following Review and Preview. I love this. DK decaf versus DK Metcalf. <laughs> no, with the commentary. Why? I think he was commenting on your Odell comment, James. Opening up a can of worms here. Yes, you are, James. Yes, I am. Boat <laughs> race. Stirring the pot, Tom. Stirring the pot. Line of the year. I would. I would happen to agree. Uh, can you guys, listen. When Noah came on for one of the first times on review and preview about a couple months back, when he was using that word like no tomorrow. I was picking up on it. I was like, boat race. I've never heard of that in my life. I like it. I like it. Kyle, you see that in class or in part of your broadcast or part of school? Boat race? I don't. I don't. You should include it. It's You know what it is? It's a little uh, – it's almost like an inside joke here on the Review and Preview mm. channel. We all know what it means. If I was to say it on any other show, they'd be like, "What? what is this kid talking about? <laughs> what does that even mean? What That's does that true. even mean? That's true. But – uh. Guys, any final thoughts here on the Jets upon what you think they will or will not do? Well, well, let me round it out this way. Do you think they aim for the draft for the number one? Obviously, because they do have interest. Or do you think that they go target one of the better receivers in the NFL and wind up sending a couple of draft picks over to an opponent to get that star receiver? I think they go after the draft. Okay. I think they go in the draft. I think they finally make a smart move. All right. Hank, your thoughts? 
you know what? Seems to me like Joe Douglas has a more structured plan than most Jets GMs in years past. I mean, he's trying to make small signings in free agency, which, look, I know we but we said that they want to, it's better if they try to keep up in the arms race that is the AFC East. But with that being said, considering where the Jets have been the past, well, no, more than the past few years, more like the past decade and a half plus and beyond, like, it's probably for the best that they're like trying to start slow and do the right things as opposed to making a quick, quick splash. Cause look where that's look where that's had them, you know, so they might as well. So I think I be, obviously I don't think it's a playoff team, but it's a team that I think you're probably going to see improvements for. Agreed. Agreed. A couple more comments and then moving on. Mm-hmm. No, Dively, you guys are responsible for being intentionally used, used <laughs> intentionally now. <laughs> yes, it is. It is one of my favorite quotes here to use on review and preview. Guys, our next topic for tonight, it's kind of a quieter sports week here on review and preview in the it sports is. club. So we're going to bring in a little basketball talk because some, some news happened after our basketball show, which takes place every um, Tuesday, every Tuesday night with Paul Lombardi, the three and D at- we talks all things basketball, including March Madness. So make sure to go give a look. Because obviously March Madness, the championship, I believe, is next week on Monday. And a yes. big action-packed weekend between Duke and North Carolina and, and Kansas yeah. and Villanova. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited for that North Carolina-Duke game. That that game is going to hold so much meaning. I hope it's going to play up to what, they're, uh, to what the media and what the fans are hyping it up to be. An all-time classic. Uh, you know, I really wish we had uh, Tom right now to say... He, Kyle, you know what I'm trying to hint at, right? Indians that are pizza means that every- is that what he wanted to say? No, no, not at all. Okay, you you know sure. what I was trying to hint at. You know when he when we talk about a certain team and he says otherwise, and you know, I'm kind of losing you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so, so if we talk about the Islanders, and then oh, listen, don't don't hurt don't hurt my. Uh... Blue, uh, my Duke Blue Devils in this competition. I'm, I'm well, that, that's what I'm up. saying. You know, if Tom would that's say the only, that's that. the only part of my bracket that is still intact. Uh, okay. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Anyway, guys, moving on. We're going to talk some NBA because there's been a couple new uh, stories breaking out, and, and one of the most highlighted and respected teams in the entire NBA, one of the most respected franchises in the entire NBA, is suffering right now tremendously after just a year ago, or, or a little less than a year ago, made a Prime superstar acquisition made a trade for a Russell Westbrook from the Washington Wizards, sending over Davis Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and a Montrez Harrell, and a slew of other draft picks. Bringing a Russell Westbrook. Beginning of the season, that experiment hasn't worked. Anthony Davis, the one year that he has been healthy in his career, they won the NBA championship, but with the exception of that year, he's been hurt consistently. And not just consistently out for numerous months and numerous games throughout the entirety of his NBA career, including this season. And now LeBron James. Just a couple games ago, playing the New Orleans Pelicans, he rolled his ankle pretty bad, sprained it pretty bad, and he did not wind up playing in yesterday's game. Or I might be mistaken, I think yesterday's game was against... No, yesterday's game was against Dallas. But, sprained his ankle against the New Orleans Pelicans, and now he's out. And now at this point in time, guys, the Lakers are on the outside looking in with only a few games remaining in this season, the Lakers are not even in a play-in spot right now. 
and talking about this Lakers team, will they make the playoffs? Uh, A question that was not even on the forefront of people's minds after a trade of that magnitude, not even at the forefront of people's minds just with Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the same team together. But now it is coming to question. With a couple games remaining left in the schedule, will they make the playoffs? What's your guys' takes? No. No. Plain simple? No? Plain and simple. No. I I am sure they will blame it on LeBron getting hurt and that – Oh my God, he got hurt and couldn't carry this team anymore. Didn't they not win in the bubble when they when he said the bubble was the easiest thing to win in? No, I think it was actually the direct. James was literally the direct opposite of what you just said. He said the bubble was the hardest thing to play in, and they won the NBA championship. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, I confused (laughs) the direct opposite of all right. Well, I confused it, you know. Yeah, Um, but yeah, no, they're not going to make the playoffs, and I, I think it's about time. Honestly, I'm tired of seeing the same two teams. I'm tired of seeing the Lakers. I don't watch basketball much because it's boring as all hell. That's why the, the, at college, me and Tom had these conversations all the time. College basketball is more interesting to watch because they're kids that are going up. They don't know what's going to happen to them. They're on the field, on the court, giving it 110% in every game. You see, you, you see the NBA. You get paid millions of dollars. If you have one bad game, it's like whatever. It's I just can't stand the same teams winning year in and year out. And I'm kind of glad the Lakers are looking in on the playoffs because honestly, it's uh, it's about time that LeBron gets a little taste of the losing medicine in the world that the rest of the world tastes a decent amount. You guys know damn well, I cannot stand LeBron James. So I am shedding no tears whatsoever <laughs> with regards to the LA Lakers. I mean, I'm not saying I despise the Lakers. I actually, I respect the Kobe Bryant's and maybe the Magic Johnson's and the Kareem's and the Jerry West of the LA Lakers. But LeBron, that's where I draw the line. We know what he he does. He'll try to get his guys in. And he was the one that was begging them to get Russell Westbrook to join them. And Gee, who could have told you that Russell Westbrook was going to absolutely be a bad acquisition? What a shocker. And then I need yeah. to see the footage of this, Hank. I need to see the footage. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't say it. It's just anybody. No, no, no. There's no actual footage of me saying that it was bad. But like anybody with the with the brain who's literally watched Russell Westbrook play knows damn well that guy is such a chucker and he is not one of the the guys that just kills team chemistry. You do not want that guy anywhere near you. And to have him LeBron on the same team, boy, hey. And he goes. Yeah. I could I would have probably told you before the season that the Lakers were going to be getting shall I say boat raced. Well, I'll admit this. I was wrong about this team. I didn't think that they were going to be the best team in the Western Conference, but I thought that they were going to be Pretty successful considering they not only added Russell Westbrook, but they also added a star-studded crew, which featured a Carmelo Anthony, a Kendrick Nunn, a, a Malik Monk. But they have definitely fallen short of expectations, not just mine, but I think a lot of people in the NBA. Um, a couple comments here to get to. Lestat Pad James. No. I know no, uh, the real stat patter is Russell Westbrook. Like, how does he get all those triple doubles? I'm done listening 
uh, about the Lakers. They are garbage, irrelevant yeah. franchise, just like the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Even hey. if they do, they'll get smoked. He means make it into the play-in. Uh, James woke up and chose to speak facts today about the NBA. That man, tried to turn, man tried to turn his career into a movie. <laughs> Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, L.A., what's next? He's going to join his son, Brownie, in a couple of years. But that'll be one of the greatest stories ever. That's By the mind. way, do you guys want to hear a fun fact? What's the up? Cleveland Cavaliers just clinched their first winning season without LeBron James since 1998. Fun fact. Uh, that's pretty – that's pretty crazy too, considering how many times they picked in the top four. Yeah. When they were when they were without him, whether it was like Kyrie Irving or Tristan Thompson or Deion Waiters or all those picks that they had, and they still couldn't make it to even a playoff spot. Crazy to even think about. Tom, I want uh, uh I want him. Uh, he turns this thing into a movie. He he has two movies out on him. About him, Space Jam is it? Space Jam Two. Yeah, Space Jam Two. Space Jam. LeBron has a cycle. Signs with new teams. Team trades for superstars suggest team wins title. Team declines because they traded a whole future for good players. LeBron leaves. Yeah. Yep. yep that's he exactly franchises. it. He's a, that's he's exactly a franchise it. or destroyer. I was three years old. No, it was negative one. <laughs> yeah, but guys, I, I, would, I, would, I would happen to agree with you because I think that with too many injuries piling up, there has been some news that Anthony Davis will be looking to make his return. Friday against the Pelicans, his former team. I think it's too late. I think the schedule is really, really difficult, and I don't see a lot of wins coming out for the Lakers. You got the Utah Jazz tomorrow night at Utah. That's a tough game. Mm -hmm. New Orleans, that's another tough game. The Denver Nuggets, that's another tough game. The Phoenix Suns at Phoenix, that's tough. Golden State, I know they've been on the decline since Steph got hurt, but that's still a tough game. Oklahoma, that's an easy one. And then finishing out the season against Denver at Denver, tough game. So I just don't think that they're going to make it because their schedule doesn't fare in their way. I think it's going to be really tough to finish out the season with the remaining seven games left on the schedule. They are 4-11 and in the month of March. Not very good, not a recipe for success whatsoever. So and I think that – continue. They could, uh, they're going to only win one game. One game? Mm-hmm. All right. See ya. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. <laughs> With Andy Davis potentially making a return this Friday, I think it's I think it's just too late at this point. To be honest, I would just I, I would shut down for the season just because of the amount of uh, the lack of success and chemistry that they've struggled with with Russell Westbrook all season long. The fact they wanted to trade him the deadline, but nobody wanted to trade for him, meaning that they were kind of th- hoping to get something out of the season and were forced to keep him. LeBron James has now been injured because of the amount of minutes that he's been forced to play and the work that he's had to do, in fact, putting up MVP numbers, leading the league in scoring, I believe, guys, in terms of points per game at the age of 30, let's say 36 years old, 35 years old, which is just, you know, LeBron, LeBron hate all you want. What the guy does on the basketball court is absolutely incredible, the fact that he's putting up these numbers at this age. Listen, I'm not denying his talent, but – you look at what happens every single year, and it's not. Oh, listen, listen. I know. Every I, single I, player I, that plays with him, or more often than not, they get worse. Listen, I, I watched it firsthand. I'm a big Miami Heat fan. They left after four years, and the Miami Heat were bad for a little bit of time, but they became a consistent playoff contender, made it to a championship, and are now one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Teams recover the Cleveland Cavaliers. Remember adding a Kevin Love, having a Kyrie Irving? 
look what that team was in for a couple of years. They were, they were a team that was in the shadow for a long time, drafting top yeah. five with an Isaac Aquaro, drafting top five with a Darius Garland. They were bad for a while after every one yeah. of those guys left. You look at the LA Lakers, I think we could be looking at a similar thing because we all know this. This is a fact. If LeBron leaves, everybody, everybody else leaves as well. Everybody yeah. else departs. But they can enjoy their new weird – what was the name of their stadium anyway? Lakers Crypto.com. Yeah, LeBron's kryptoniting. Uh, now that joke didn't go too well. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll always be the Staples Arena. In, in yeah, Florida. it'll always be the Staples Arena. Staples Center. My bad. Okay. Staples Center. Uh, Laboat race? Question mark. <laughs> I can't believe Love is still there. Tom, Love is going to be getting a lot more minutes with an Evan Mobley spraining his ankle out the next couple games, and Jared Allen with that fractured hand. He's going to get Love. Nobody's that. talked about him, but he's kind of had a resurgence in his career coming off the bench with that team. Very successful season this year. Guys, moving on, some other basketball news that I wanted to talk about. Paul George last night made his return to the L.A. Clippers in his first game back since, I believe, the end of December. So missing three months of basketball, and he didn't shy away from uh, the spotlight. Had a tremendous game. The Utah Jazz, at one point in this game, were up by like 20-something points. I believe it was 38-17 to 17 at one point. And Paul George just absolutely lit it up in the second half, I believe, 20 points in the third quarter. Finished off with 34 points, two rebounds, six assists, and four steals with a block. Shooting an efficient 50% from the field, eight from 11 from the free throw line, and six of nine from the three-point line. Makes a tremendous comeback, finishing off this game with a final score of 121 to 115 against the Utah Jazz. Now, the Clippers have faced a lot of injuries this season. We know that Paul George has been out for a majority of the season. Kawhi has missed the entirety of the season. And one of my favorite acquisitions at the deadline this year that they did make was a Norman Powell. Norman Powell, unfortunately, only played three games in a Clippers uniform before getting hurt. And he played a couple tremendous games, too. Tom might be familiar with one of them playing against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks in his first game, even though the Clippers got smacked. Norman Powell had a good game, 28 points in that game in only 23 minutes as a new mm-hmm. Clipper. Also added Robert Covington in that trade, which is a nice acquisition. But point being, guys, this is a team right now It's a middle-of-the-pack team, I believe sits at around the 8th or 7th spot in the Western Conference. They're now getting healthy at the right time. Norman Powell is being evaluated, which is a nice 20-point-per-game score potentially coming back. Marcus Morris is still there. Reggie Jackson is still a good player. Avika Zubac is a decent center. They have some depth on this team. And now getting Paul George back, their star-studded, talented player. How how much of a threat is this Clippers team in a Western Conference when you look at teams like the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Jazz, the Suns? All these teams. Dallas. How much of a threat are these Clippers? He's healthy at the right time. I mean, why a lot of these teams are now seeing injuries pile up or they're getting tired towards the later half of the season. What is it? What, Kyle, would you say seven games left for almost every team? About? About seven games left, I would say. So you'd say that, and while he's coming back off an injury where he's been resting, taking care of his body, he's only going to spark a fire with that team. Okay. While you look at a lot of the other teams where they've been going for the full season and maybe not getting anybody back or maybe hitting their stride where they're running out of some gas, you know, having the floor, the foot to the pedal for most of the time and then, you know, that has to face this team that has a healthy guy. That's my opinion on it. 
And Cal, what kind of stride do you potentially see the Clippers taking in a positive route in this playoff race? Because where I look at them right now, they may be an eight seed, but I think they're kind of in the same situation as the Brooklyn Nets have been in this year. Is that yeah, injury I has been there? Team, I agree. I think that's a team that could potentially make noise during the playoffs. But with that being said, that's all. They're also kind of a mystery box because we don't really know what form Paul George will return to once the playoffs start. It really, it really all depends on how effective the big guys are. So. If they can get everybody going, if Paul George can play the way he did last year during their run to their first ever conference finals, then I think maybe they can be a threat. But I'm not I'm not gonna hundred percent say that with confidence that they're gonna make the run. But I, I wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me. Okay. I think that's been some solid evaluation. I think they could definitely be a threat uh in the playoffs, I know that if I'm a Western Conference team, I definitely don't want to have to face them in the first round because I think they are a dangerous first-round team to potentially cause an upset uh, for one of the top seeds in the Western Conference for sure. But we'll see what happens. And in other news, well, 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 first let me go to a couple comments first. Tom throwing some love to the Milwaukee Bucks. Bobby Portis has been moved back to the bench in favor of Splash Mountain, a.k.a. Brooke Lopez. Interesting by Bud Budenholzer. Uh, not Bud Budenholzer. That's his, that's his last name, Budenholzer, short for Bud. But I, definitely an interesting move, Tom, because I know at one point in the season they were kind of ruling out Brooke Lopez for the rest of the year. But I guess when you have depth and he's kind of hitting his strides in the positive light, you got to go with the guy that's hot. And bringing Bobby Portis off the bench is a huge commodity and huge favor for the Milwaukee Bucks. I knew because I know you and I were both saying just about a couple months ago is that this team had absolutely no depth. And now you have some big men that could shoot like a Brooke Lopez, you have a big man that could shoot in Bobby Portis, and you have a third option. And in a big man that can not only shoot but play solid defense in a Serge Ibaka, that's a, that's a lot of riches right there. That's a lot of great players right there to potentially uh, add to uh, this squad and potentially furthermore allow them to potentially uh, repeat as champions in the NBA. Let me know when the Rangers segment starts so I can go AWOL. <laughs> like, like the pens defense we're actually tied at one right now of all people this guy actually scored a goal believe it or not ryan reeves ryan reeves is third of the season but then your just letting us off be but given the way they given that they just beat the penguins last night even though it's an inferior red wings team i'm not really i'm not really gonna get too wound up if they lose this game it is what it is bud boonholes i forgot it was Mike Budenholz. I forgot, Noah. All right? I forgot. He almost said Revo. Well, LOL. that's his nickname. That is that's his nickname, name, Tom. That, that's his nickname, Revo. <laughs> short for Reeves, even though it's not that much shorter. Short for Reeves. True that. A couple more NBA topics I want to get to. Um, Hank, I don't know if you heard about it, but obviously as a New Yorker, maybe you heard about it, uh, an active New York sports fan. Julius Randle made headlines again yesterday, or I believe it was today, and not for the right reasons, unfortunately. But Mark Berman of the Post uh, wrote a story about the fact that Julius Randle this offseason could potentially force his way out of New York like a James Harden just did in Brooklyn kind of scenario. And it's just really terrible where the tables have turned for this New York Knicks franchise. I mean, this was a guy that last year was being – Highly touted as a New York Knicks favorite, New York fan favorite. Even some considered him the top three in MVP voting, the way he was playing, the way he was playing. Coming to this season, 
not so much the same. Getting hate by the fans, talking back to the fans on his end. And now well, you hear news like this. Well, if you pull Javi Baez and do a two thumbs down, then that's not going to – then you're just pouring gasoline into the fire. Can't do that. <laughs> Can't do that. should learn from Javi Baez. <laughs> Just learn from any New York sports icon is that, unfortunately, with New York comes harshness from not only the media but the fan base. And you got to deal with Jack who did something much worse in the mid-90s. Yes, 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 indeed. But, uh, James, I, I know you were having a sneeze attack backstage. Yes, my allergies is uh, kicking my butt. It's all right, man. It's all right. So, that's but, why I left. I don't know if you heard about this at all. Julius Randle potentially departing from the New York Knicks this offseason, just having a kind of, I don't want to say a terrible season because he's playing decently well. He's shooting uh, 41% from the field. He's averaging, tw- he's averaging 20 and 10 and 5. Not, Not the most efficient of numbers, though. Only 41% from the field and 30% from the three-point three line. But... This is a guy just one year ago. It's it's amazing the fan bases of New York, New York teams. They they'll they'll love you. They'll you'll have their hearts in your hands, and then they'll absolutely crush you if you do something wrong. And and then that has absolutely happened in Julius Randle's uh, favor. But again, I, I'm I gonna say this again: if you get tickets to the game, you pay all your hard earned money to watch these guys play. You are within your rights to cheer or boo the players. That's how it is. No, listen, I'm not in disagreement with that. I'm just saying where the, the tables have turned for this franchise. This was a fourth seed in the Eastern Conference last year, and this team is not even going to make a play-in spot. Play-in includes 10 teams from each conference, guys. Unbelievable. Unbelievable where this team is going. Uh, the, the, that, I, I still say this, and I still think this. The, the owners of the Rangers and the Knicks are more focused on the Rangers than the Knicks. I think it's time to have two separate owners for both those teams. Well, that'll never happen, but no, I, I know, but that's to be honest, that's the only way I see the Knicks succeeding anytime soon, because this is, it, it's just sad that at one point the Knicks used to run the city in basketball and now, okay, fine. It's Brooklyn, which is, it doesn't make a difference. But is the the Knicks are somewhat of a joke some sometimes. Unfortunately, unfortunately they are. But that's some New York basketball news. Unfortunately, one team in the New York Knicks will not be making the playoffs this year. But another team on the up and up. Guys, as we kind of ended last week's show, Eric Adams lifting the vaccine mandate, lifting it in a couple sectors, specifically. Brooklyn, which now has allowed Kyrie Irving to make his return to the basketball court, made his Barclays center debut on Sunday against the Charlotte Hornets. Didn't have the greatest of performances, 16 points, two rebounds, and 11 assists, but did not shoot the ball efficiently. And struggled again Hmm. last night against the Detroit Pistons at home as well. Even though they won and he dropped 24 points, he shot an inefficient 7 of 18 but he did shoot four of eight from the uh, three-point line. So getting his feet back underneath him at the Barclays Center. Guys, just your quick thoughts. Obviously, we've been talking about it all year. This is a guy that, you know, in October when the when the NBA news came out that he would not be able to play, obviously, as he is kind of, I don't want to say the face of the 
one of, one of the superstars in the NBA, or if not the superstar in the NBA that is not played because of these rules, now being able to play in which we knew coming into the season, Brooklyn is healthy. They have an opportunity to win a championship. Now we're finally living out that true reality and now having a healthy Kyrie Irving with the Kevin Durant. How dangerous is this team? Because like I talked about with the Clippers guys, they might be a sixth, seventh, or eighth seed, but we all know when healthy, nobody wants to play that team in the first round. Consistency for Brooklyn is mm-hmm. key. Consistency. They don't have that, they're not going far. If they have that, they're going far. Okay. 100%. 100%. I know he, I know Irving just is able to play back in Brooklyn, and I'm sure feels weird and awkward for him, but it's the consistent play that he needs to put up alongside what KD is putting up because KD had a pretty big night last night, and he dropped like 40. KD? Did KD drop 40? Yeah, or was that the other night? I think he might have had – I think you're right. He had 41 last night against yeah. Detroit. Which That's is, what I'm again, saying. Consistency. If him and Irving can play off each other and have nights like that where they're not both dropping 40 but both producing, it's consistency with the both of them along with the rest of the team will help blossom. Them. Well, the, well, that, I think that's part of the beauty part in that James Harden trade is that yeah. where, yes, they got rid of one of the best scorers in the entire NBA. They added some of that depth back that they were missing. Mm-hmm. They added a Seth Curry, who's been very nice to them, and Andre Drummond, who they've desperately been missing that center position, now solidified center in there at 14 and 13 last night. So really impressive numbers, even though it was against the Pistons, one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah, just but- really good numbers, and it relieves some pressure off guys like Kevin Durant to play all five positions when out on the court. Yeah, guys, some good NBA talk, some good NBA discussion. We're gonna move on here because we got a lot of comments to get to. Because I'm looking at them, and it's and it's it's always funny. It's always it's almost like a conversation right now between Noah and Tom in the comment section. So, <laughs> Hank, I think Tom is alluding to something that you said. Joe Judge said that. Um, I don't remember exactly what you had said. Oh, I forget what you said, Hank. I now, yeah, no, now I'm drawing the blank. I Noah stirring the pot, Aaron Judge better than Joe Judge. Agreed. Listen, man, I may not be that too much. Uh, I, I may not be too hyped about my Yankees this year, but Aaron Judge getting that contract done. Hank, as soon as we're going through these comments, I'm going to throw it right to yes, you with that. No, Tom. Yes, no, Tom's correct. He did say that you have the right to boo. And oh, there you go. If there's one thing that I do did agree with that Joe Judge said, yeah, that's it. Oh, uh, Joe Judge, stop it now. You have the right to boo. We'll bring up a couple of these comments when we move on to our NHL segment when we round out the show. But, Hank, yeah, some of the biggest news probably in terms of New York baseball is this uh, elephant in the room. The Yankees have been saying that for weeks almost. Well, yeah, weeks because the MLB was in a lockout. Is that they want to get that – they want to get the extension done with Aaron Judge. But my question is what are they waiting for? The season starts on next Thursday. That's a week from – that's almost a week from today pretty much. And they're still, they still don't got anything done. And my biggest fear is this. I don't know your take, Hank, but I'll, I'll throw to you first with this. So if they don't get an extension done before the season, I don't know if it's going to happen during the season. It's 
I'm not as worried. I feel like I think he wants to stay at the end of the day, but the fact that this is going to be dragging and we're going to have to deal with this whole drama or over the course of the season, it's not ideal. But with that being said, I also know that as much as I would love to sign Judge long-term, I'm not going to deny that he's had injuries over the course of his career that could possibly be scaring scaring the Yankees into even committing him long-term. But still, I digress. That that really isn't something that I'm thinking about at this time. Like Because at the end of the day, Aaron Judge is the face of your franchise. He can still – he's still got a good amount of time left where he's going to be hitting bombs in the judges' chambers or in left field or whatnot. This is – not to mention – He's a guy that everybody in the locker room loves. He's got the he's got the Derek Jeter vibe in the sense that he's like the captain and the leader and, and the glue that holds that team together, much like Don Mattingly was in the 80s and the 90s. So you really don't want to risk losing that. But if they do and they really did cheap out, well, then they screwed up. And what's Noah? What's he saying? Yankees are primed and ready for that third wildcard spot. Oh, stop. <laughs> We haven't even hit game one of games 162. Why? No, we don't need this. We don't need the negativity yet. Well, give me the, neg- rather give me the negativity in June. If, if your words are coming truth in, uh, are, are coming to fruition in June or July, then talk all the negativity. Let me have the month of April and May. Then you want to hear my take on it, Russo, or not? Of course I want to hear your take, yes. James. Oh, if it. you want the negative. You're not listen, man. Know. We're not just, just here to be it. pretty we're not we're not just here to be pretty faces. We're here to talk. James, okay. just say I, it. I thought I you know, okay. Um he gets traded midway through the season. No. No. Mm-hmm. They do not want to pay him that money. They uh they don't want to open their checkbooks like Cohen is. Um not that I'm saying that's a good thing. <laughs> but uh they trade exactly, him. Right? Exactly. They, they trade a mid through mid midway through the season when either they're fully out, they're not fully out, but where they they aren't in a spot to make a run at it at the playoffs. I'd say they're out. I, I say Okay. Sorry, Rangers just tied it. Oh two two. I was <laughs> like, oh, you're happy with what I'm saying. Hank. No, Patrick. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, but they trade him midway through the season. They don't re-sign him. That's what. That's why you haven't. If he if he was going to be re-signed, he should have been re-signed once at the MLB lockout. Fella, fellas, I, oh. I don't. I don't mean to interrupt. But we got some breaking news here on Radio Preview. Uh oh. Bruce Arians is retiring from being a head coach. Will join the Bucks front office, and Todd Bowles will take over as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whoa! So breaking news in the NFL. Yeah, that came in a shocker. All right, so what we're going to do now is end the show. Somebody do a recording on YouTube, please. <laughs> for any of our for any of our review and preview staff members listening to this right now, make sure to go get a video up because that is definitely a, uh, a really a hot topic. That is a hot topic for sure. That kind of caught me off guard. Uh, guard, I saw that and I was like, "Wow, you have Tom Brady. You have the opportunity to coach Tom Brady once again. You're retiring, joining the front office." But Todd Bowles, 
gets that head coaching job once again. I know he coached with the Jets, didn't have as much success, but Tom Brady on your team, you're going to be a successful team. I'll guarantee you that. I'm kind of surprised they didn't give it to Byron Leftwich because he was the guy that was getting a lot of credit when they won that Super Bowl. But that is true. I guess, I guess true. you're giving Todd Bowles the job because he has the experience. I guess maybe, maybe that maybe that's the case. But James, to to throw back, yeah. I apologize, but that was no. Some that's okay. News. That, that, that is breaking news. You and, I, and I really don't want to throw back to you because of the negativity <laughs> spawning out of your mouth about Aaron Judge being <laughs> traded. I, I think you said traded. Hank, you said traded, trade, right? At the deadline. Trade. Yeah, that's that's no. I, I, no, you heard it right. I'm. I'd like to pretend I didn't hear what James said, but you're right. All right, hold on. Would you rather have him traded or have him walk out the door and you get nothing? I rather no. have him sign a. I rather have him sign a ten year contract that keeps him here for the latter parts of his career. That's what I would rather have. Okay, but if he couldn't do that, would you rather see him walk out the door where where you guys got absolutely nothing for him, or would you rather trade him midseason and get? No, he's not. Look, James isn't wrong. I'm just I don't want to think about the idea of Aaron Judge leaving, at least not yet. Hopefully, at the same time, considering they haven't they haven't signed that extension, then of course it's going to be dragging through, and you know, obviously it's going to be on my mind all season. Yeah, Hank, you'll uh, you'll be sorry. I didn't mean to go off like that. Well, you'll just... you'll you'll be a, you'll be at opening uh, opening day next Thursday. You'll either have some you'll have some positivity being psyched about opening day, and you may have a little depression in the back of the mind thinking about Aaron Judge, this amazing Yankees player who's really only been the consistency in this Yankees lineup for this, these last four or five years now. Now, Hank's going to be not, may or may not be signed long term with this team. Hank's going to listen to that all next week on hitting for the cycle, right, Hank? All next week. I'm going to – oh, gosh, that's going to be one of my topics. And regardless of who I have on as my first guest, because I still got to get that in the works, but obviously we know that will happen about a week from now. I'm I'm definitely going to be bringing that up and – I'm gonna I'm gonna go to some comments. I I I hate them all. But Kyle, please. I, I like Kyle and James. Both of your comments will be absolutely welcomed during hitting for the cycle. In fact, oh listen, you'll listen. Fact, if, you if, judge is, if judge is not signed, you will hear from me. If Wait, I, I, is your show Thursday or Friday? I, I got to work. Friday. It's gonna be it's gonna be Friday this week. All right, I, I don't because have of me going to opening day on Friday. Thursday. Cool. The judge Actually, has- I'm doing a doubleheader that day because I'm seeing the Rangers that night. But I digress. The judge has spoken. Being a Falcons fan comes with negativity. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yankees dominate the Mets, however. They'll still sweep the Falcons by a combined score of 79-3. to I think he's talking about when Tampa Brady faced up against the Falcons. Yeah. Brady and Bowles is interesting to think about. Yep, going from yep. a New England Patriot and New York Jet, Tom Brady dominating the New York Jets to now being once a foe, now a friend, and now a head coach. No one wants to trade for an average player like – you want me to read this, Kyle? Really? I don't like to trade for an average player like Aaron Judge. They should be looking at new Yankee superstar Greg Allen instead. I don't. I don't like all this negativity. I don't. Gosh. I can't wait to see Judge in a different uniform. Maybe in a Boston uniform too. Jeez. What would you do if Judge became a Met? Cohen has that money. If Joe, if Aaron Judge became a Met, I would cry. Alec, I, I would shed. Literal tears. There are only two sports days events that have ever been more upsetting to me in my entire sports fandom. Number one was that Odell trade. That killed me. That killed me emotional. And number two, 
was when Pat Riley did not resign Dwayne Wade and he didn't get to live his entire career out as a Miami Heat player. Those were the two most upsetting days in my entire my uh, in my entire sports fandom. This will join that crew if not only he doesn't get resigned by the Yankees, but if he ends up a Met, I will cry tears. What if I he ends cry. up what if he ends up in Boston? That would be even worse and Alec would be laughing all the way home. <laughs> because he'd be rooting for once a villain, now a friend in Aaron Judge in, in that Boston uniform. I don't want to talk about negativity. I don't like it. Look, he's already talking about hypotheticals. Mets would let go <laughs> Nimmo, go move Marte to center field and move why did I have to finish this thing? Why did I have to finish this Judge wants to go to a contender, so the Mets are out. <laughs> All right, Noah, I, I don't know if your Atlanta is going to, uh, is going to pick oh, him no, up. Oh, no, his Atlanta is going to be there. But listen. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to pick him up. No, they're not going to pick him up. They're not going to pick him up at all. They got a very, very nice outfield. I don't want to think about the Mets. Tom, our resident optimistic Giants fan and our resident pessimistic Mets fan, if only the two were switched. Tom, here's some advice. Think about this team. Yeah, that's something to be that happy team about. lost against the Penguins last night, Hank. We beat good them team. twice in the past week, James. Come on. And we outscored them eight to three, and we probably should have won all three games. But again, that's a topic for another day. Hey, but you know what, James? We beat the Rangers last time we played them, though. I so know I we did moral I victories, know. baby. Moral victories. That's all that counts. Guys, any any final comments here about MLB? I didn't have too much to really bring to the table. I know that was probably one of the bigger storylines to talk about. Obviously, as he is a New York Yankee, a New York baseball player, and as we are uh, amidst the MLB season in just a week, I think that's probably one of the bigger storylines remaining. But Hank. Any 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 words here on MLB? Am I forgetting anything in MLB news? No, it's it's pretty much been a slow news week. If anything, there's been nothing really to report. But just ready for opening day. Yogi Berra will give. Well, actually, no. Yogi Berra and Bill Dickey will be giving us the countdown for how many days until baseball season starts. That would be the great number eight. And James, since you're a Met fan, I'll say Gary Carter too. Thank you. All three of them great catchers. All three of them are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I know that in uh, in in other baseball news, I kind of forgot about this. This story kind of went under the radar, too. Albert Pujols re-signed with the St. Louis Cardinals, and this will be, in fact, his final season in the MLB. So Albert Pujols, one of the greatest of all times, one of the GOATs. I think he's about 21 home runs short of 700. I don't know if he gets there. but I hope so. I wish Hopper was in the comments right now because I know he would be pretty – he would have a lot to say with regards to that because it's going to be a crazy retirement tour for them because you not only have Pujols leaving, it's going to be Yachty's last season as well. And then I would imagine Wayno is probably not going to be coming back. So I feel like if you're a Cardinals fan, you're not even so much going to a Cardinals game at Bush Stadium. You're going to like a whole year-round rock star retirement tour, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's well-deserved, too, one of the greatest of all times. I wonder if that – Andy definitely has a pool host jersey. I just wonder if that jersey still fits 10 years later because I know that he's been with the Angels, obviously moved around with the Dodgers a little bit. We'll see if that jersey still fits him. But he's definitely got to have one as a uh, as a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Definitely has to have one. A couple oh, more comments sure. I want to get to before we jump over to the NHL. I don't want to think about the Mets. Okay. 
Aaron mm-hmm. Judge would look phenomenal in Boston Red. Skip that I agree. No, you are a mean person. I would hear. Uh, I would hear to see what I would. I would assume that means I would love to hear. I think this is what he went meant I would to love say. To hear, yeah, so, I would love to hear what Boris is telling Conforto. Dude should be signed. Yeah, I think one of the teams yeah. that talks with him is is the Texas Rangers right now. But yeah, it's very interesting. Again, he didn't. Alec, he didn't have the greatest of seasons last year, no, especially not. in a contract year. He didn't have a good one. Uh, how can I be optimistic? You walk in the city field and the Hall of Fame room is half empty. Hey, hey, Tom, best way to do that, go through one of the other entrances. Trust me, it's nicer. Pujols going for 700. At MetLife, it's stacked with the Ring of Honor inductions, championships, eight of them. The Legacy Club. The Legacy Club. Mets would be the Yankees if baseball season ended in early July. Uh, all right, I don't need to see that comment. And, guys, to round out the show here, as we hit an hour and a half, because we've had a wonderful show, comments keep on flooding in, and, and we absolutely love that yes, from our fan base here at Review and Preview Sports. The last topic of discussion for tonight, we're going to talk some NHL. We're going to throw to the Islanders first, the James. The James. The Islanders, James, the James. have been very – have been really – I don't want to say really good, but they've been much better in the month of March. Unfortunately, that's towards the latter part of the season where, unfortunately, unfortunately. – they're, the cards of their destiny are held in opposing teams at this point in time, and it doesn't look like they're going to be making the playoffs. But I think that to round out the season, it, it's started off poorly since day one, You know, starting with that 13-game road trip, the first game of the season. Semyon Varlamov in uh, warm-ups gets hurt, and he never looked the same. You have a bunch of people throughout the season coming up from the Bridgeport Islanders in the beginning of the season, a bunch of young guys that never even played in the NHL before. Uh, trying to build consistency with Ilya Sorokin in only his second year, but really really a rookie year when you really think about it, just because now he's officially being deemed as the starter versus the last year where he didn't get as much playing time, obviously, because of the dominance of Semin Marlamov. But never really, and, and of course, and of course, all the cancellations due to COVID-19 in the oh. world, all the COVID cases that they've had of their own, mm-hmm. it's just been a, uh, uh, it's just been a season all over the place, full of mishaps. And unfortunate circumstances, but uh, at least they're finishing out strong. I would say would be the positive way to look at it. They're they're looking better in the month of March than they have probably all season. I would have to say so. Um, we won the last two games against Ottawa and Detroit. Uh, looking a little past. Uh, I'm sorry. We won against Blue Jackets. We lost against Tampa Bay, but we won against Ottawa and Detroit. It's been an up and down March. Um, but we've been playing a lot better as a unit and as a whole, which is nice to see, um, which we would have had this months ago than we're yep. having in March. Um, I'm actually going to the game tomorrow night. Very uh, nice, man. So, is this your first time at Belmont? No, nah, second time at Belmont. Okay, okay. So first time at Belmont, they won. So let's make it 2-0 and this season. They're playing um, the Blue Jackets, right? Yeah. No, nah, nah, I don't know. My, my buddy Nick got tickets for me. Yeah, they are playing. How is that bag. stadium? Is it nice? It's it's not. I I like it. It has we explored a little bit. It's it has many different parts. It's a lot more open than you would than the Coliseum, obviously. But it had tomorrow explore more. But it has a lot of different parts. It's beautiful. In my eyes, it's beautiful. I mean, we aren't us Islander fans aren't coming from MSG where kind of. It's always been like that. Um, it it kind of didn't feel home the first time. I'll see if it feels home this time. Um, 
it's nice. Hank, I would say you should go to a game there, whether it be a Ranger Islander or even just a straight up, just for the atmosphere, like just to see the arena itself. You know, um, I would say, mention that to anybody. If you're not even a fan, if you're just in the local area, go to MSG, uh, UBS, you know, just if you're a fan of the sport, just go and watch for the arena. You know, I have an arena bucket list, but to stay back on track, yeah, I'm going to the game tomorrow. So that should be fun. I know we played the Rangers the day after. I think we were at MSG for that game. You are. Unfortunately, I can't make that one, but hopefully we can win that one. I'm going to be. Yeah, hopefully we can I win that one. That I won't be home for that <laughs> game to happen. So we'll see how um, it goes. But James, yes, do me a okay. favor, James. I'm a big yeah. fan of Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq actually has a chicken sandwich place in UBS. Try, try a chicken sandwich for me. Give me a little review. All right. I would. Your, uh, your buddies, your buddy, if you're going with a couple of buddies, they'll know yeah. what I'm talking about. All right. You just just got to ask some fans uh, around the dome, ask them, you know, where Shaq's chicken location at in the All arena. Right. I actually know one of their uh, somebody that works for UBS, so I might just ask ask them. They'll know. They'll know. All right. Let me know how it is. Give me a little review. And Noah, the long-awaited segment in which you've been waiting for all night, the Rangers segment. Great show, guys. I just conveniently forgot. Oh my! No, we've been waiting all night to drop this segment. Hank's going to take over the show right now and talk about the Rangers for the remaining parts. Yeah, Hank, enjoy. Hank, give us our Rangers update. Oh, for sure. Well. Remember when I told you guys at that after one bad game not to overreact? Well, you know what? Look what's happened. Since that one shit show in New Jersey that yours truly happened to witness, and <laughs> as Tom mentioned, we will both be invading New York. I'll be invading New York for the second time. He will be joining me this time around when we invade. Hold that. on. Why do you guys want to go to that? I. It's not that bad. It's It's kind of... It's not that bad, but I digress. Not the All point. Right. Not the point. Sorry. Since that game, they played. They have played two games against Pittsburgh in the span of what is it? Five, six, seven. Two games in the span of five days with a Buffalo game sandwiched in between. Rangers win both of them. First game at MSG. I also happen to be in attendance for that one. They absolutely dominated that game. Two goals in the. Sp- Three goals in the span of the first five minutes. It was absolutely unreal. It never a doubt that the Rangers were going to win that game. And I can't believe Igor didn't even get a shutout in that game. That's That was the crazy part. Second game against Buffalo. That was a back and forth contest. Dorgiev obviously started that one. He gave up some pretty bad goals. But in the end, Keandre Miller had his third game winning goal of the season. He's been a defenseman that's been getting better over the course of the season. And then we ended that then last night against the Penguins started off with them being down one, nothing after the first period. But despite that, the Rangers actually looked like the better team for pretty much all of the game. They dominated the Penguins in shots. And then second period, you got, you got a big goal from Frank Vetrano to give him the lead. And by the way, that guy has been an absolute steal. He has gotten what? Like five goals in in what only like six games, unbelievable. And what did I tell you guys? Those moves that the Rangers made, they may not have been like major, like you know, blockbuster deals. But with that having been said, they gave the Rangers depth. And with Andrew Cop and Frank Vitrano, 
gives them more options on their four scoring lines and come playoff time. I think that that'll definitely help to make the Rangers a more dangerous team. You're still seeing Panarin make some great passes. Obviously the goal total isn't that high, but he's still getting, it seems like he's been getting a point on a nightly basis. Adam Fox still having a pretty decent season. And the crazy part is he's not even the best defenseman in terms of points. I think Kel McCarr is definitely going to end up with the Norris trophy, but I think, uh, I think in terms of the, Huh? I think in terms of the Norse, I think uh, Roman Yossi of the uh, of the National Predators, I think he has like 80 points on the season. And again, he's not even having the best season. No, he's, he's not. not. Better so, season yeah. than like, that's yeah. how crazy it is. But I would imagine it's going to be interesting come the end of the season. Right now, we're tied at two after the first intermission of the game against the Detroit Red Wings. And let me show you what the schedule looks like. As we mentioned earlier, they got the Islanders on Friday, got an, got a few games against the Flyers and another game against the Penguins on the 7th. That'll be a fun day because as I mentioned after opening day, I'm literally hopping on the subway and headed straight to the garden for that one. So What a day. What I have day. never done that before in New York. I've done that in Florida actually once when I was in Tampa. I saw a Yankees from training and then I saw the Yankees or the Rangers play the Lightning at Amelie Arena. That was a hell of a time. And then got the Devils, got the Senators, and then not mention – I didn't even mention yet that they have some big games against the Carolina Hurricanes coming up. Going to come down to the wire where they finish. And, look, they still they still have a shot at, you know, finishing first in the division because they're only five points behind the Carolina Hurricanes. A win in Detroit would be pretty big, but depends on what Carolina does the rest of the, rest of the way. The Rangers pretty much have control of their own destiny because of those two games against Carolina coming up. And if they can get home ice in the first round, I think that would be huge. And let me read some of Noah's comments. The Rangers can play well or play crap because they have a Vezina candidate in net. If only someone predicted that in the preseason. Well, seems to me I'm looking at somebody who who predicted just that. And you know what the crazy part is? Unlike in years past, Igor... What is that noise? That is my alarm going off right now. Bruce, is somebody oh. breaking into your house? I hope not. That would be pretty scary, right? I, no, I just turned okay. off, so I think uh, we're good. Okay, all right. I was going to say. Um... <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The scary part is I see a lot of similarities of Igor's season to a typical <laughs> Henrik season in years past where Henrik would essentially help carry the Rangers into the playoffs. Difference is this is a more talented team on paper. So when you really look at the Rangers going forward, they're going to be an absolute menace to whoever plays them. Even if some, even if God forbid they lose in the first round to say Pittsburgh or really hopefully not Carolina, definitely going to be interesting to see. And let me get some more comments. Penguins are going to get getting boat race in the playoffs first round. I got it Four one Rangers or four nothing Carolina. Listen, dude, I, I told you a couple months back, as great as the Penguins were, I'm still skeptical just because of the past few years, how they've been boat race themselves <laughs> in the first round past couple years. And since the Penguins <laughs> are losing that game eight to one. <laughs> hey, I want to get to this comment that uh, Tom says. Where, where, where is it? Um, what in the world? We're going on the ice post game. Yeah, that should be pretty entertaining. We'll figure it out, man. We'll figure it out. All right. Live stream it. 
Yes. If, if, if that fun. happens, we definitely got to do that. We had tanked to round things out. I think the Rangers are in a really good place right now, like you alluded to. Vetrano has been a fantastic ad. Cop Andrew Cop too. He's gotten. Cop has been fantastic. He's six points. He's got. I'm, uh, I'm he's very close. In every game since he's come here. I'm very close friends with a diehard Rangers fan like yourself, and he's he's telling me that this is along the likes of one of the greatest uh, trade deadlines that uh, the Rangers have had as far as he can remember of recent memory in a long time. And uh, I don't think it's close. I think the last really good trade deadline they had, you can maybe argue probably 1994, but like I don't want to compare pair those two years. That's apples to oranges. But looking at what's happened since the trade deadline, there hasn't even been like a transition period they've just it's like with Toronto and cop have like been part of Gallant's system all year and yeah Kreider especially Kreider especially too Kreider has been unbelievable power play wise just unbelievable I know his career high in goals going to this year was 27 and he has 23 23 of his goals that he has are power plays yet his career high was 27 so he has got an outside shot at breaking the Ranger record for most goals in a season yeah he's He's got uh, 45 Yager has that record that Incidentally, that was the first year I started watching the Rangers. 2005, 2006 was when he scored those 54. Mm-hmm. They're in a very good position right now. And, Hank, I know you're talking about the deadlines of 94. Obviously, can, can't compare the two yet because in no. that season, you guys won the cup. We'll see no, what I'm just saying that year. was the last oh, really good trade. Of course. Of course. A couple more comments to get to, guys, and then I'm going to end out the show here if that's cool with the both of you. Go for so, it. A couple more comments here. Pens are losing that game 8-1. to one. What in the world? Daniel Jones was banging down Kyle's door. <laughs> hey, guys. What's up, Gio? Let's go, Islanders. Going with tax tomorrow. Time for the rebuild. Trade Crosby for a conditional seventh. No, that is that is a pipe dream, bud. No, Crosby's not going anywhere for a very long time. But, guys, on that note, any final comments before I wrap up here, plug in the brand a little bit, and end us out for tonight on another fabulous Wednesday. Kyle, as always, Kyle and James, as always, thanks for having me on. It's been it's been a lot of fun doing all these shows over the course of the past month with Tom being out. And hey, if if you ever want me for a little um, cameo appearance every now and then going forward in April and or May, I'll be happy to hop on. Hank, you're always invited, man. You don't even yeah. need an invite. You don't <laughs> even need an invite. You're sitting backstage. You want to go comment on something? You're always invited. Provided, guys, of course, I'm not at MSG. <laughs> provided you're not at a Ranger game. Provided you're or, not or, a, or, or a Yankee, Yankee game. game. Or a Yankee yeah. game now. <laughs> provided you're not at one of the two. Well, um, Hank, make sure to plug in the podcast, too, as well, man. Hitting for the Cycles, come back. I know I kind of oh, talked yeah. about it a little bit, but make sure to plug that real quick. Absolutely. If you guys want to tune into Hitting for the Cycle on a normal week, we are on Thursdays at 7 p.m. It's pretty much a show that goes on in about an hour. We pretty much cover all the bases. I will be talking Yankees, Mets more, and pretty much every single baseball news that we, that shows up in the week. And we will be having a lot of great guests. And despite comments from this guy in particular, he will definitely, he is definitely more than welcome to hop on any episode that I join on. And he, yeah, I'm very excited to be talking baseball for another season. And, Kyle and or James, you guys are also more than welcome to hop on for an episode. It, it should be a lot of fun and be looking forward to hearing you guys, whether it be on my show or in the comments stirring the pot, whether it be the Mets and the Yankees. It's going to be a good season. Absolutely, Hank. Look forward to it. Look, looking forward 
the year and hitting with the cycle coming back next Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure to stay tuned. But guys, on that note, hold on, before, hold on. I'm holding hold on. on. I'm holding on. Um, I just want to let everybody know, since I kind of do a lot of the social media, uh, we made a TikTok. We did. We made a TikTok. We're Tom, advancing. Tom has reminded us. Thank you, Tom, because. Us three on this screen probably has never made a TikTok in our lives. I just watch them. Yes, I do the same. I watch them and I try to play around with it to make it just to experiment, but I don't make them. So we're on TikTok at review and preview, guys. It's on TikTok. If you have TikTok, if you guys know what TikTok is, we are on it at review and preview. Yes, we only have one post up. We are going to get more up. Fonz is going to, Fonz DeFalco, bless that man. We're going to teach us how to use TikTok one day. Um, so we do have one post of Andy Hopper from like two weeks ago. Um, thank you for him supplying us with that one post. Uh, but you will see many more to come from all of us at Review and Preview. But please go follow us on TikTok at Review and Preview. Russo, you can take it the rest of the way. Thank you, my friend. No problem, brother. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening tonight. We really do appreciate all the floods of commentary, all the supports, all the likes, all the views. Really do appreciate it always. But, of course, I have to make, uh, have to plug in a few things first before we go. Make sure to give us a follow on Facebook at Review and Preview Sports, on Instagram at Review and Preview, on Twitter at Review and Preview, one on anchor.fm slash Review and Preview. And, of course, Make sure to subscribe and like our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. Putting out a lot of content daily, multiple videos coming out per week on all things across the sports world. Thank you all for listening. On behalf of Hank and Dictor, James Montefusco, I'm Kyle Russo. Thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your night, everybody.